Hi, friends. I'm Logan, one of your co-hosts of the Better Events Podcast. Thanks again for tuning in for another episode. This week, we're doing something a little bit different. We often talk about event planning, production, some small business things. And this week, we're going to be talking about Enneagrams, Enneagrams. And if you can tell by the fact that I pronounce it two different ways, I'm new to it all. Mary is as well. And so we had a little bit of fun this week where we explored what our types were and how that impacts our business and kind of understands how we do things. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. I'm Logan Clements, one of your co-hosts, and I'm joined by my colleague, Mary. How are you doing today, Mary? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing doing well. Uh, I think we're, we're doing something a little different today with uh, the topic of today's podcast, but um, never fear. There are always some good tidbits and lessons we can all learn, especially if you're an event pro or in the event industry. But before we jump into the meat, talking about Enneagrams and event planning, we're going to do a little icebreaker question. So both Mary and I, listeners, are <laughs> trying to design our own at-home offices. These are things both of us have talked about for a very long time, and we are making 2022 the year that we can have a formal office set up because I've been working from my dining room table. Mary, where have you been working from? Well, it's a dining room that we've converted into an office. So I like it. We bought a two desk, so I share it with my husband. And so, Yeah. It's a lot. We need our own privacy. our own space. Yeah. Exactly. So Mary, what's a must have that you is on your list for your new office? I would say I really want uh well, I baby steps are happening. So I really wanted a standing desk, which I now have, which I'm currently standing at, if you're watching our video. Um so I'd say that's a must have because that's not something I had before and I just feel like my body knows it. We do a lot of sitting with virtual events, which we were actually talking about earlier today. And uh it's nice to be able to to stand. I don't feel so bad. But along with the standing desk, I feel like it has to go. I want to get like those little balance board things just to keep your, I don't know, legs engaged while you're just standing there. So that as well. Nice. Yeah. You're not going to get one of you? those treadmills that go under your desk? Oh, I love the treadmills. But um, no, because I have a normal treadmill. So I don't, I don't think I need two of them. I'll just, it'll be an excuse to take a break if I go use the actual treadmill. There you go. Yeah, for me, I think it'll be – I'm very, very excited to have, like, a good background. I feel like we coach people all the time on looking good virtually, and I have had just a very simple background. I normally, when I record today, have a more interesting background because I'm not actually at my house. Um, but I want to just kind of have, like, one that screams my personality and just makes me feel good whenever I'm on camera. So – for me, at that when I say what it is, it's going to be like a book. I'm thinking like a bookshelf with a little array of both like keepsake items, maybe some books put in there, and I might have some fun like rotating them in and out every so often. But like essentially having my own set <laughs> as my backdrop. I'm glad you said that because I absolutely would like that too. Like right now, once again, if you're watching our video, is white and like just a wall, and <laughs> I hate it. But 
<laughs> that's okay. So progress, stick with us if you're watching our videos. Hopefully they will get better as time goes on. Yeah. We'll have some fun. But yeah, Mary, you want to uh, tell us why we tell our listeners why we were excited to choose this topic today? Yeah, well, really just for fun. I, I can't quite remember how it came up, but we've had this kind of on the docket for a while now. Um, I think it maybe it was because we both have never um, taken the test. And so today we're talking about Enneagrams and we decided to to take the test in preparation for this podcast so we could figure out um, our personalities in regards to this test. And so, yeah, we just thought it'd be fun and be fun to kind of uh, talk about it with you all, since many of you are probably already familiar with it. We are kind of newbies, and so you can hear our perspective in that sense, but it'll be fun to also relate it kind of a bit to the event industry and how we feel like that plays a part in how we also conduct events. So I think that'll be interesting to hear. But that's why we chose this topic today. Yeah, I feel like if you're someone who already knows your Enneagram, if you're someone who was like us, you know, a week ago and didn't know your Enneagram, you can totally still listen to this episode. We are going to kind of give a little bit of scene setting like we normally do about what it is and why it's why people think it's important for you to know it. And then more just reveal some of the the research that we both have done once we found out what our type was. Mary, I'm so curious if we're the same type. Um, I know. I, this is going to be fun. Um, but bear with us and we'll have some lessons in there, kind of reflections with um, event planning. And as always, we have our bonus tips. So stick around till the end. But Mary, I'm going to kick us off with what is an Enneagram, which I will say, folks, Enneagram, Mary and I both had to look up how to pronounce it because it started, it's, it's become a word now, I feel like, that has been disembodied because we were trying to say, is it Enneagram? No, it's Enneagram according to both Google and YouTube. So an Enneagram is a system of personality typing that describes patterns in how people interpret the world and manage their emotions and essentially gets broken down into like nine personality types. So you're a type one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, or nine. And it's defined by some particular core belief that you have as how the world works. And they define that as like what your motivations and your fears are and how it shapes your kind of worldview. So this is why it's kind of important to know this. I will say there's science that agrees with this. There's science that disagrees with this. So I feel like there's for everything. But um, one of the reasons we thought it would be interesting because it is uh, really helpful to understand and see why people behave the way they do. I mean, so much of what we do with events and even non-events industry is people-based and understanding like how to motivate people, different communication styles. Like, I don't know, Mary, we deal with so much like stress management, I feel like for both ourselves and our clients and our teams and our vendors, like just having some of these little insights into, oh, they're reacting this way because of this versus interpreting it as, you know, something you did um, is really, really helpful. And that's, that's the last part is also how people react to stress. Thank you. That was awesome. That was a great breakdown. So hopefully you've heard of it before. If you haven't, there you go. So uh, we'll kind of talk about why Logan mentioned why it's helpful to know it, but we're going to talk a little bit more about that and then talk about each of ours as well. So um, touching base a little bit more on why it's helpful to know your Enneagram. Basically, for me personally, I want to, I've taken the personality test before, like different personalities. There's a lot of them out there, like Strengths Finder, which is really good, by the way. I like that one a lot and some other ones. Um but this one's always helpful to know. Um, for me, I feel like mine has changed over time. I will say that. I don't know what the science says about that. Mm. <laughs> um, and especially as I was taking the, this quiz, I was like, I feel like my answers are different now that I'm a business owner. I feel like my motives and my motivations have changed. So I'm interested to see what yours is, Logan. So should we just start off with sharing what number we are? Yeah. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go, go first? You go first. 
All right. Well, I have a love-hate relationship with mine. Not to not to throw anybody into the bus. I came off as a three. I am an achiever. So I am, they say, the most uh, basic desire of Enneagram type three is to feel valued and accepted. They tend to seek accomplishment and admiration, usually expressing this by setting big goals and doing what it takes to succeed in order to add validation or praise to earn validation or praise from those around them. They also often adapt in different settings very naturally, which can lead to playing a character rather than being themselves. So here's where we start to get into the weaknesses or fears. The basic fear of a type three is failure and worthlessness. They might hold a subconscious belief that in order to be worthy, they must succeed or at least be perceived to be successful. So I say I have a love-hate relationship because I think there's, there's stuff that resonates and then I don't really know if I love the fears and the weaknesses part, but I also know most of us probably don't want to hear about fears and weaknesses. So, yeah. <laughs> but yes, type three, achiever. Okay. So I have things to say about what you just said, but I'll just say mine and then we'll get into it, I guess, more. So very interesting. I'm a seven, but as I took the test, I was – okay, so first of all, I took two different tests because I wanted to see if there was a trend. And – um on one test, I was like tied between a one, a three, and a seven. So that's fun. And then the other one, I was a seven. So I'm going to go seven here. Seems like the common denominator. Um, and so uh, seven is the entertaining optimist. Uh, type sevens love to plan, Whoop, surprise, surprise, and anticipate positive future events. They enjoy having variety and multiple choices to choose from. They do not want to be limited, restricted, or bored. They may be well-rounded, affirming, and generous, or at their worst, they can be self-focused and escapist and have an instable appetite for excitement. So it says, um, my core fear is being deprived, trapped in emotional pain, missing out on something fun, FOMO. Uh, a core desire is to be happy, satisfied, and content. And a weakness is gluttony. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> <why> I'm lying. <laughs> I'm actually offended by that one. It's like what you said. I was like, because gluttony is like habitual greed. I I don't think I'm a greedy person. Anyway, we can talk oh, more gosh. about this. But yeah. No, I go. Yeah, I think you make a great point. Uh, well, I get it. I want to say I think all of these are like useful tools. And again, this is why we want to do an episode on it just to kind of talk about it. But that not at all that you need to fully take everything to heart that was, that was said. Because um, I think – that was one too with the testing that I took. Both of us, Mary, did you do a free one too? Yeah, I did. The the free one I did as well. Um, and there were some times where I literally I was like, it just felt very broad. Mm -hmm. But there I do agree. I mean, with my achiever one, I will say I definitely like we talk about examples of strengths are like ability to understand, connect with others, being charismatic and confident efficiency and practical thinking in the workplace, which like are all things that I would definitely resonate. Um, but, and then like some weaknesses, it's like difficulty accepting failure from themselves or others. I would probably put that. Maybe I do. I, I hold myself to a high standard, um, being perceived as insensitive or overly competitive. It's not a great, a great weakness you really want to own up to. Um, or they also have focusing too heavily on personal image, which I think is kind of fascinating because that's something that I I don't necessarily feel like I do with my business. I mean, we have a podcast. I make videos, but also if anyone knows me and works with me at events, they know I'm totally down to like be just Logan who works on somebody else's team. I'm not as held to that. But the the one thing I I thought was really interesting was um they the one website I looked up, Mary, had 
common jobs for people who are yeah, a three. That. So most people, this would advertising consultant, marketer, financial analyst, entrepreneur, surgeon, investment banker, lawyer, politician. It's very, there's a lot on there. There's a lot on there. I said, oh, it said entrepreneur. That made me feel a little bit better. Uh, yeah. Mine, mine said tour guide, pilot, detective, journalist, and travel agent. I feel like I could resonate with like a tour guide or a travel agent, but I don't yeah. know if I could be a pilot or a detective. It, <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. I, I it's think funny. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I wonder like, yeah, how much of this – I didn't do as much research on the science space, so let me know if you saw anything about the slogan. But like I, how much of this is situational? Like in certain scenarios, you act one way and in certain you act a different way. But then again, maybe that's your personality. And as I'm saying that, I'm pretty sure there were questions about that. Some people are firm with who they are and others change with situations. So yeah. 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 I think – I don't know. I think the interesting part, again, we talk about – they talk about your your – the, how you perceive the world and the strengths in the way you perceive it, the weaknesses in the way you perceive it. And then I think it's interesting that they do operate like operate on growth. And some of the, I told my sister we were doing this episode and she actually had a book on it called oh, cool. The Road Back to You, an Enneagram Journey to Self-Discovery, where they talk about it. And it does focus on like what Mary and I, what you and I have been reading are just kind of like the descriptions on in that book, I kind of just skimmed it, was talking about how you can then essentially kind of be at different levels of, they define it as healthy, but just saying like where you are in your self growth journey. And that a lot of these weaknesses are more apparent when you're kind of, you know, still figuring out what you want to or who you are or things like that. And as you become more aware, you know, you can kind of not limit your weaknesses, but be aware of them and then, you know, be looking for growth things, which I thought was encouraging. And I know, Mary, you don't like your, the, gluttony one but it's like again that would be probably on like whatever's the you know the low the, the bottom rung of figuring it out to slowly getting better um yeah but yeah I think it was very interesting I don't know if you've ever done this if you've been in Enneagram we've had I've had some podcasts I've listened to and they get very some people are very into it and very aware of what the other ones mean so I think it's interesting Mary that you and I are not the same one but it also makes sense because we we are not the same person so you know I'd just be curious to like dig more into like who – I guess I'm turning into astrology now of like who plays nice with other people because I will say I did another oh, test yeah. and I came up as a three and then my next highest one was a one and then I had a two and a seven for like my other couple ones that – again, they, they usually call them wings. I couldn't find a test that would let me take the wings that let you know that you're like a three with these other few things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I knew – I did – one thing I thought was interesting as a three, I'm technically in like the emotional um, – they, they add the nine, they bucket them into these groups of three. And the one I'm is like in the emotional one, uh, which I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily like a super emotional person, but I'm definitely very motivated by my emotions in the sense yeah. that in our last episode, we talked with um, Jasmine Smith about becoming an entrepreneur and going full-time as an entrepreneur – and like, that's something to me that I was like, the big motivation to go wasn't because I had a passion for a product or a service or starting my own company. It was like, I, I want to do what I'm passionate about. And that's something I'm, I'm, you know, I am excited by what I do for work every day because I, it's something I'm passionate about. And that's been a driver for me when I'm picking new projects and 
doing long-term strategy is it does come from this like emotional place that then I put rational thought on top of, but um, I don't know, Mary, how are, what other conclusions do you have about your? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, what I was just thinking is it's interesting because we both have a similar like career path right now. It might look different on how we've gone about it and things like that, but it's interesting that we are at both at this place, but maybe have different Enneagrams. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. In my brain, I'm formulating this like wise thought, but basically what I'm saying is like, so with the, with the uh, results of mine, it totally makes sense on like why I started my business. Cause if I go back to actually why I started it, a lot of it is because I felt like I wasn't challenged enough. And one of the key things with sevens is that they're easily bored, which I absolutely know that about myself. I'm very <laughs> easily bored. Yeah. So I like to shake things up try new things, always be doing something. I'd rather not sit and watch TV. I'd rather go do something like all the time. So that's like absolutely me, but it's, it, we're different, but we still kind of ended up in the same place. That's interesting to me. So it's another yeah. conclusion. Yeah. Well, and the, and the last one I had from mine was just, again, saying what, when type threes work alongside people who are practical and grounded, they provide an optimistic and motivated outlook to kind of complement the practical and grounded folks. And then it does highlight if they work with another three, they just need to be cautious of pushing the competition too far, which is something that I was like, we on this podcast are so about community over competition. And I think I don't see my, like, I would say I'm competitive, but I wouldn't say in the same, like in a work sense, but yeah. I definitely get frustrated with projects where it's not clear kind of who's taking the lead. And I will consciously have to like hold myself back because it frustrates me if there isn't a clear lead and everybody works differently and I'm learning that. And, but I've just learned on projects where it's not like clear defined roles. I, I, it just takes up more of my mental space because I'm trying to figure out, okay, where do I fit in this, in this group? Yeah. Yeah. Yours, yours makes sense to me, like in a, in a positive way, <laughs> this is not an insult. Some of the things you described, I'm like, yeah, I could, I could see it, but I still, I still am saying, I feel like a lot of us are a lot of them. Maybe I'm a bad personality test person because I just feel like we could, it could apply to a lot of different numbers for this in this case. But yeah, those are most of my conclusions. I was really interested as I was Googling it. There's some really funny like prompts and things out there. So one of them was like, uh, what famous people have your Enneagram? And so I think we looked that up. We should share that just for what were yours, Mary. <laughs> Mine were a lot of politicians, I felt like. Let's see. Thomas Jefferson, Amelia Earhart, John F. Kennedy, Elton John, Katy Perry, uh, Steven Spielberg, Robin Williams. Okay, so there actually weren't that many politicians out there. <laughs> a couple. Yeah, a couple. What about you? Yeah, mine were threes. It was a lot of entertainers, which I thought was really funny. Like Will Smith, Justin Bieber, Lizzo, The Rock, <laughs> Oprah. Awesome. And then I had yeah, Nancy Pelosi, not a lot of, uh, of, yeah. uh, of politicians. But these are supposedly famous threes. I think, yeah, the biggest part I can't get let go of right now is just like the hanging on to like your personal appearance or whatever that – like yeah, well, gluttony over here. Tell me about <laughs> it. <laughs> I mean, I guess we all have to have some kind of like deep fear for something, but yeah, I think both of us, it's not sitting, sitting well. My favorite though is Mary, Mary loves Disney. I love Disney. So I did enjoy that one of our prompts that Mary wanted us to do was look up what Disney princess has the same Enneagram as you. And mine is Tiana because oh. Enneagram threes are confident, talented, ambitious. They don't stop until they reach their goals, just like Tiana going after dream of opening a restaurant. She's also an entrepreneur. So that really does feed into the whole type three, I guess. 
Yeah. Well, mine is like less concrete than yours. I, like, I don't, I'm not sure I'm convinced, but it was Jasmine. And they said it was because she's an adventurous um, and she has a pet t- tiger. <laughs> I can't even get through that. <laughs> Does that mean you're adventurous if you have a pet tiger? I guess. <laughs> so uh, I feel like this one's a bit of a stretch. Well, I guess because she's, you know, in pursuit of her personal freedom. But so sure. is like every Disney princess. So yeah, I feel like it's I hard know. to do. A, I don't know about that one. It's hard to do a personality test on the princesses. I I grapple with my love of Disney princesses sometimes because I think a lot of it's nostalgic. Because yeah. if you go back and like some it's of them don't necessarily get a fully yeah. fledged personality. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. they can sing and they usually love adorable animals in some way uh, and you know wear awesome clothing, but. Yeah, I think that's a that's a hard one. But I yeah, enjoyed well, this. I yeah. mean, yeah. I feel like how are you going to apply what we've talked about with Enneagrams, learning about yourself or mine or us just like talking about this? Like, how is this going to relate to events? I just think I see it in how I conduct events. I don't know if there's – I'm curious to hear yours, but I don't know if I feel any like deep – I'm going to bring this into the events that I do. Maybe if anything, I'll just make sure I'm not greedy because apparently that's my weakness. But um, – yeah, no, I just see a lot about um, – I guess like if I don't want to be – if I'm – I don't want to be bored. I know this about myself. This is what this backs up. Maybe I can bring that to events and also make sure other people like as we're actually doing events are engaging and they don't want to be bored either, assuming, right, because they're coming to be entertained in most cases. And so keeping that in mind. But yeah, I see a lot of it in myself, especially as a business owner. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to bring it to it, but I can just see a lot of – correlations, I guess I'll say. What about you? Yeah. This reminds me a lot of um, Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies. She's the one who wrote The Happiness Project. We've ta- I've mentioned her before on this podcast, um, but she has the Four Tendencies where she believes four people, you fall into these by tendencies uh, similar to Enneagrams. It's like your motivations. Are you ex- internally or externally motivated? Um, do you question authority? Do you accept it? Do you, you know, those, those kind of things. And similar to that, I think for me, it's just the awareness like you said, Mary, mm-hmm. yeah. not so much that I'm going to be like, here's how I do things different. But um, the four tendencies, I actually will link to this in the show notes because I think you should go check it out. If you're someone who maybe gets overwhelmed with all these different options or like us hung up on some of the negatives, I love those four tendencies because it, it talks about different motivations, which for me is really helpful with um, event teams, especially because uh, I work for myself. So I'm a sole entrepreneur, but then at on events. Sometimes I'm working with three other people. Sometimes I'm managing 10 people. Sometimes I'm just one member of a 20 person team and understanding that we're all like motivated differently. And we all might interpret a situation differently. That's something I feel like as I've gotten older, I've gotten better at reflecting on that or realizing it might not just, it might not be me or what I, you know, what I'm trying to say. It might be just the, how I said it or the, how I presented it, um, is why there's conflict or it's just not getting through, um, I think for me, that's something I'll take into my events and that kind of thing of just kind of managing people. Couldn't agree more. This has been interesting, this process. <laughs> I'm glad we did it. I feel like, you know, like you said, like the book that your sister has, people are really into it. So maybe I just need to dive deeper into it. But yeah, I think so. Glad we did it, but I don't know. <laughs> I think so. I, I get definitely. And one of the things that came up with threes, it was you're like into self-discovery and like self-help. And I will say I do love yeah. reading books about productivity and learning about yourself and that kind of like stuff is, is definitely a a genre of reading that I gravitate towards. But I know, um, I feel like awareness is really just the big thing. And if Enneagrams are your jam, that's awesome. If you don't like Enneagrams, 
that's also awesome. But I feel like going through some of these um, exercises is always just nice to understand. And also for us, it gives me context now when someone says, oh, I'm I, honestly, and now I only know yours and mine. So I know threes and sevens, but if anybody right. is, a, is any of the others, you know, you could see how it really does help people. Like if this is a tool, Mary and I've talked about an episode, what was it? 36, the goal setting one, the first one of our, of this season, how like we have tools that work for us. They might not work for you, but like you do just want to explore. And so I'm just excited, Mary, that we did this because I think it's fun to try something different and see if it works. But yeah. I also don't think I'm going to like hire or fire anyone based on their Enneagram type. I mean, I hope nobody does that, but like it's not a deal breaker for me. Yeah, you're here. I totally agree. Yeah. And we said this episode was a little loose, obviously. We're just kind of sharing with you all today. So we have a few more minutes before we wrap with our bonus tips. So why don't we do a little check-in if you want, Logan? We can see how things are going. It's 2022. It has been, you know, for a little while now. It's 2022. I don't know why I'm laughing about this. Um, uh, ramping up to all that you hoped it would be. Just generally in life or in events, share some stuff. Yeah, I think it's it's been an interesting start to the year. I've been definitely a lot more protective of my time in the start of the year, which has been, I think, good for me. I've eased into the year versus part of me end of 2021 was hoping I was going to like hit 2022 with like all this momentum. And I just had a very busy year last year. So I've been pretty slow to kind of ramp up, you know, accepting projects and things like that. And so I'm definitely happy where I am. I do feel like we're a little bit back where we were in 2021 around this time, dealing with events getting postponed or shifted from having an in-person element to 100% virtual because of COVID. But on the positive side, I feel like myself as a professional and my clients are a lot more prepared to make that transition. So that's just something I've been very vocal with anyone talking to me about events that are happening in the next couple of months that by doing a hybrid event or 100% virtual, you're just setting yourself up to not have to change your plans since we don't know what the rest of the year is going to look like. Um, and so for me, the cool part is now I get to like when we were doing virtual two years ago, we were like figuring out how to do it. And now I'm getting to do that with hybrid of like trying out different combinations of how many people do I need on site to do it? How many people could still stay virtual for me? What kind of tech are we using? You know, what's the best setup that's the most cost efficient for my nonprofit clients versus the like, you know, big budgets for the corporate folks. And that's something that is getting me excited and helping me feel like I'm going to be ready to be building that momentum in the coming weeks. How about yeah, you, Mary? I, I agree. Yeah. The year feels similar to, like you said, how it did in 2021. Absolutely. Um, yeah, lots of uncertainty, but the uncertainty for me this time is a little more frustrating than it has been because it's like what you said. Let's just pick something and we will we will figure it out. By now, we have the resources in either scenario to make it work. So let's just commit. That's the most challenging part, I would say, this time. Um, yeah, but in general, I mean, I, I'm excited about this year. It's interesting because the year started and I was like super motivated. I was like, I'm going to do everything and then... Now I'm not as motivated anymore. So I don't know where that went. But I think a part of it is like, once again, like you were kind of saying, for to me, it feels kind of like a slower start. So once things really start going, and, and I know they come, they always come, but just sometimes you have to wait a little bit for them. And so that's a good note, I guess, for a future business. January might just be a slower month depending on the year. Um, but I think once I'm, you know, actually working an event, something I enjoy, then it'll be feeling a lot uh, better. So 
Um, yeah, no, but things are things are coming along and I'm excited about the opportunities. Absolutely. So I'm feeling good. Just feeling kind of slow. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's hard. I know. I want to like feel like we can control all the things, but but we can't, you know, in figuring it out. But I am excited because we're, you know, two months into the year that you're starting to see spring and at least here in the Pacific Northwest, like the weather, hopefully March, April will get a little bit nicer and enable some like outdoor hangouts and things like that. I think my only thing that's probably different than what I was doing a year ago in preparation for busy season is I am stocking up on rapid tests. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Rapid tests. Um, that is one that uh, they're hard to find, but we've been able to, I've been able to get my hands on a couple of them because I think the interesting thing that I'm seeing also this year is my sporting events were had a lot more COVID protocols, I think because we were around athletes and so they cared about, or at least being in the same building as the athletes in the same room, care a lot about more about that kind of, you know, are you, you know, rapid testing kind of thing that I am not necessarily seeing with some of my other clients. And so that's something I know for myself in the new year, I'm going to try to take on that. I just want to, I just want to make sure that I'm safe and those that I'm bringing on site for things are safe. So that's, that's something I wasn't really worried about. I'd say a year ago. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. They're kind of hard to find right now too. So (laughs) It's a it's a good practice though, absolutely. And I do think it's interesting, you know, us being in the Seattle area is a lot different than somebody like in Wisconsin, for example. I actually used Wisconsin as an example because I recently chatted with some folks from Wisconsin and it's like our conversations are very different than the conversations I'm having with clients in, in Washington state. So it's interesting. I uh yeah, it's once again times of uncertainty, but it's nothing we haven't done before. So we can do it. It's gonna True. be okay. Very true. And I think as we, I'm looking back, thinking back on like our goals that we'd set back in that episode 36 was, you know, for me, it's a big one of scheduling time off. And I will say, I'm I'm proud that I'm making progress on that because I'm just being very vocal again, before things get really busy, I have been starting to schedule in some weekends. I'm not there the whole time, but just thinking about like my first quarter, um, like I've been, I told you guys on the pod, I'm trying to do snowboarding. So I'm realizing I'm like, if I can do one or two weekends and do, do snowboarding, um, another idea I'm playing around with Mary, just because again, we're having open discussion time is a four day work week. I'm, yeah. I think I've book? talked, yeah, I, t- well, that's four hour work week, which There's I think a four is four day like, work week too. I think I'm gonna look this up. Go okay. ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, you <laughs> yeah. have to let me know. Um, yeah. I rebought the four hour work week. I read that already and I'm going to reread it just for my own sake, but, um, but yeah, I'm playing around with it. Another host on a podcast I listen to has mentioned that like her, it's a financial company called The Financial Diet. They've they've gone to four day work weeks, and um, I just I don't know. I think I'd, I'd like to try it out. I do it in the summer time, and we talked about in the last episode with Jasmine uh, Smith all about like balance, you know, and that your time is essentially currency for you. And so for me, I feel like I need that balance when I have these multi-week event projects, when events happening, you know, you're working long hours, weekends, that kind of stuff that if I, there's a, not a reason for me to be working on a Friday, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to take it and try to take back some of that time in that space. Um, so I'm noodling on it. I haven't, I haven't instituted it yet, but I think, I think I might try. Yeah. I've always loved the summer Fridays that you were trying to implement. So let's, yeah, got to do it. Try all about that balance, but yeah, I think that brings us to anything else, Mary, you want to share with the, with the group? No, I think we can go to our bonus tip. Yeah. Mary, what's our bonus tip for this week? The bonus tip for this week is something that many of you probably already know about by now, but I want to call it out in case you don't. If you are a Apple, iOS, iPhone user, 
Um, they have, with the most recent update, they've changed their do not disturb modes. There's more options now. So one is um, a focus mode for like work is an option. And if you are not utilizing that and you're distracted by your phone, I highly recommend it. <laughs> it is like done wonders for me. Sidebar, Logan, do you use it? Because now I get a notification sometimes when I'm trying to text you and it says your notifications are turned off. Wow, I feel like I that? got put on blast. Uh, that <laughs> yeah, was because I updated my iOS and didn't know they did that system. And then you're not the first person to tell me that. And I hopefully have disabled it. If you Have you I, been texting me from today? Have uh, you seen it? I, I don't think I've seen it today, but okay. it's I'm, uh, it's totally fine. I mean, mine are probably going to say that when I have it turned on. Now I should go turn I just turned it. No, it is. I will say, okay, yeah. I'll add to your bonus tip. It is in the settings, in focus mode. There's like, just like you can, um, what's it like? You can share your reds. If someone can, you can share that the person can see what time you read their text yeah. message. It does allow you to turn it off. So you can have it displayed to folks or, and it, I'm annoyed because when it updates, that's the auto setting and you have to go in and turn it off. So if you don't want someone like Mary to call you out on it, <laughs> go turn it <laughs> off. And then you can secretly be in do not disturb mode without all of your contacts knowing it. No, I was, I was impressed. I wasn't calling you out because I was like, she's using the focus mode. Good for her. And then it like encouraged me to remember to use it. So no, it's not a negative thing, but, but yes, highly recommend it. And one thing I want to say about it is that you can customize it because my question was like, well, if I turn it on and what if there's an emergency? So you can customize it. Like if somebody calls more than twice, it will actually ring through or it will ring through for certain people. Anyway, so check it out. It's nice. And yeah, I think that's all we have for today. Yeah. You can give us a follow at Instagram on Instagram at Better Events Pod. You can send us an email. We're always looking for new ideas for content. Or if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, um, send us an email at bettereventspod at gmail.com. And as always, we'll be back in your feeds again next Wednesday. Bye, folks. 